1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Doyle Condon and Dennis. The question we are asking today is, where are you storing your oil? I opened up my Bitcoin vault overnight, and I'm storing some oil there. We want to get your take. Where are you storing your oil today? As oil uh, went negative, and uh, it was a historic day all around for the markets, for oil, a uh, day that we... Uh, we Uh, We may see it again soon. I don't really know what's going to happen here, but we'll talk about that. The implications of yesterday, what it means going forward, what it means for the June contracts, what it means for USO. A lot to discuss on the oil front. It's also earnings season here. We are in full swing. Uh, IBM yesterday, Netflix coming up here, so a lot to get to on the earnings front. Big day. Nick Schiena is our guest at 8.35, so a lot to get to, Joel. To uh, recap the overnight action for us.
3: Uh, Good morning to you, Spencer. Good morning, everybody. Uh, We're down. We're down 50.5 handles back at this 27.50 area. Y'all remember what happened last week. We came down here three times and just bolted out of here, and now we are just sagging. That's your support. Just treading off the pre market low of 27.54.50. You don't have to worry about 28.33 and a quarter. That is your pre market high. Story again today. June crude following suit here down 21%, $4.30 at 16.14. I guess the good news it's in the $16 handle. The bad news is it traded to eleven seventy nine. Gold is getting the red by $35. It does 16 dollars And oh, I I got a different layout here. Let me see how Bitcoin's doing today. Uh, Bitcoin's quiet. It's up thirty bucks. It's six thousand eight hundred and twenty-five. Triple D, explain this all to us. This huh. is unbelievable.
2: Oh, I mean, it's a history book, you know, they're gonna have to, you know, write a new CFA chapter on this one, because this was uh, something that I definitely didn't learn when I took my CFA about WTI potentially going negative. We had to, you know, look it up and you found it out. You texted me when, when WTI was around eight bucks and said, this can go negative. And I'm looking, I'm like, I'm like, can it? I was like, oh, it can. And I mean, the logic says, you know, I just never really thought about it. I'm like, obviously, I guess logic says it because you can't take physical delivery. You've got to sell. So there's no buyer that's willing to buy above zero. Well, you're gonna to have to sell to somebody that's willing to buy negative. So I tweeted it out when or when uh, WTI was trading the May contract was trading around four, and I said that this can go negative. And then I said, well, I, I actually said I wouldn't be surprised if this goes negative. And you know, just kind of warning my followers as well because I'm sure there's some people that were speculating and say, oh, I'll buy it at a buck. You know how I'll I'll, I'll risk a buck, and they're thinking you know it stops at zero and it's like uh ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh, uh. That dollar purchase, if you weren't quick to get out, could have turned really ugly on you. So hard learning experience here for a lot of traders yesterday. Uh, First of all, if something- Hey, Dennis, let me
3: interrupt you real quick.
2: Uh, They
3: cut off speculators last week. So it was only producers that were able to trade that contract yesterday.
2: How are producers? What producer? I don't understand that. So, And where did you get that information? Because that makes zero sense to me um from well paulie said that on
3: the show yesterday
2: uh, that makes zero sense to me because what producer is going to sell i i I highly doubt there was any producer and i guess i guess if you've got to get rid of it and store it but i don't think there's a lot of producers that were coming there selling at minus 35 when they could turn around and sell in june um i guess if you don't have the storage facilities maybe you had it um can anybody verify were they able to trade wti may yesterday because there was some people on twitter talking about trading it Okay. So I'm not sure that information is correct. Maybe it was just a declaring firm. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that information is correct. If anybody in our okay. chat can verify, I believe you could trade the WTI May yesterday. According to my Twitter feed, there was a lot of people um, that were talking about trading it. Maybe they were only talking about it. I did not trade it. So I'm not sure. If okay. I, you know, obviously you could trade the June. Uh, I'm not sure um, that you were just stopped from trading the May at every brokerage account. So if anybody can verify if they made a trade, on the May, uh, yesterday, let us know in the chat because um, I'm sure there's some traders there that may have done that. Um, maybe that maybe most brokers were blocking you from doing it. I'm sure it's broker to broker. Yeah, um, they can block you from trading certain things. I think there's probably some speculation out there though. Um, happening as well, so I don't think it was all just producers selling at any given price. I think uh, you know a lot of your producers would probably be selling in June if they if they had any capabilities to do that. I mean, why? You know, I guess if it's sitting there, it's got to go at this moment in time. But I mean, it's sitting somewhere. I would be selling it in June and not at May at minus 35. I'd be selling in June at 22. But, I mean, that's you know, what you happen
3: today. That's what you're the seeing.
2: implications here, you know, for everything is very significant. And let's just you know dismiss a theory here. Because we heard yesterday, and Kramer brought on a guest, and I believe his guest was very uninformed. It was uh, RBN Energy, I believe it was. Um, I don't know if it was a CEO or somebody from RBN Energy. And he was talking about that he heard the USO was blowing up. This was not a USO blow up. USO rolled last week. So Jim, if you're listening, anybody from CNBC that's listening, I believe this was very uninformed, what was said on Mad Money last night. It was not a USO blow up here that USO had to liquidate all. Christian Fromherz tweeted out in middle of the day showing the USO holdings. They had already rolled to June. So it wasn't USO just liquidating all of their holdings because they had to do it. They rolled last week. And if you look, the stock of or the ETF of USO would say that. USO wasn't trading down, you know, a thousand or two hundred percent yesterday. It was trading down ten percent along with the June contract. USO is getting hit hard here this morning because they are in June and June is getting hit here this morning. But um, this was not a USO, in my opinion. There's no way this was a USO blow up. This was, and, and the volume was you know, a lot lighter. You know, They want to say oil's negative, oil's negative. Oil wasn't negative. Oil, the May futures contract was negative. June, it was still trading at $22 yesterday. And then it got down to 21.20. And yes, it is getting the hell hit out of it. And yes, I'd be scared if I owned it right now. But, you know, just to come out and say oil is negative and you can buy oil and fill up your tank at negative. Nobody could take delivery. We talked about this on the show yesterday. So these are all just media mongering, real fear mongering out there about all the oil going, you know, you know, and you can go fill up your tank for, you know, and get paid to fill up your tank. Just nonsense. So nobody could take physical delivery. Even if you had, I have a swimming pool in my backyard. I could drain it, but I, they weren't going to give me delivery because of Joel's guest coming on yesterday. We were already past that date to be able to take the physical delivery at, you know, unless you were, you know, a producer or you're, you know, maybe you've got a tanker, maybe it's a different story. Maybe there were some tankers and that's another segue we can go into. Some of the tanker stocks were really popping yesterday and maybe they were benefiting from this. Maybe they could at the last second uh, take uh, delivery of this. I'm not sure exactly how that works when you're the day before expiration um, and you pass certain deadlines. But if you look at the stocks of FRO and you look at the stocks of STNG, and you look at the stocks of TK, these are tanker companies. NAT is another one. There's four for you. All of these had significant pops yesterday. All of these are popping here again this morning. NAT is trading up another almost 10% here this morning. FRO, which these tankers have been dead money for a long time, are showing some life. So if you're looking for a playoff this, these tankers could get hot for a little bit. Again, I don't know about them just trading up um, you know, and chasing things. I hate chasing stocks. But this story could get hot for a little bit. The tanker story.
1: Here's a stat that I'm, I'm going to read here from uh, CNN and, one of the, and their market newsletter. Over the past 10 years, traders or producers would typically spend $25,000 per day in April for a super tanker, right? For a tanker to store oil, okay? Uh, that price has now jumped to $150,000 per day to
2: store oil on a tanker. Holy so, moly! Just goes to show that uh there's always a winner. There there is sometimes always a winner. I mean, obviously who was short WTI May yesterday was a winner as well. Um and if you're short USO overnight or you're short crude overnight, you're a winner here again. So there is a winner and there is a loser, especially when you're talking about futures. There's always a winner and a loser. It's a contract. So there's somebody on the good side and somebody on the bad side. But when you look at, you know, the the, if you want to look at the stocks the tankers what spencer israel is talking about here too some of these tankers plays could potentially get hot i don't know any of them and i you know i maybe you trade them maybe i'll trade some of them today um this is stuff you know i've always say you know these hot stories you know that you know obviously these issues there's been a lot of issues with the tankers for a long time um you know they get hot and then they cool off and you know the story you know, cools off and then it comes back to reality but it really it wasn't not that significant a move yesterday. So if they get more headlines here today, and you start to see WTI really volatile again, storage is an issue. You know, we we joked about on the show. Let's go buy a tanker. I guess we should have just went and bought a tanker yesterday morning. We could have bought these tanker stocks and did pretty well on it.
3: Yeah, well, they're gonna they're gonna eventually reach capacity. So. And And that's a question
2: too. Are the tankers all at, you know, float net capacity there? I don't know. I don't follow the sector that closely to know which tankers are full, which ones have capacity, which ones don't, you know, which ones can take advantage of negative oil prices, you know, by being a buyer, you know, and taking physical delivery. Um, I I don't know the answers to those questions.
3: No, I don't think anybody else does.
2: Well, there might be one or two people. Maybe the tanker, the tanker companies themselves probably know the answer to this question. But there's definitely some speculation going on that the tankers are benefiting because FRO was up over ten percent yesterday. TK. Um, there's also the other version um, T, which somebody just gave me the symbol and I forget. In the chat, I just saw it go by. Um, TNK, I believe it is. So there's TK and TNK, um, both of those stocks trading up sig- significantly yesterday because. If I can go, I want to go short. back to you. I want to go back to USO
1: for a second here. Yes. Uh, this is from Eric Balchunas, who is the, uh, one of the ETF experts at Bloomberg. Uh, USO took in $560 million in assets overnight. Their AUM is now point one billion billion. So somebody is, or some people are coming in here and buying the USO fund. Uh, so, And that's, uh, that's not driving the price up because of the way ETFs work and the, the share count is always changing. But the fact that they're taking in assets overnight means that people are buying this thing.
2: Just that so, the logic behind this, and it makes perfect sense. Just imagine, you know, a, an uninformed investor and they see oil trading negative. I want to buy oil. They call their broker up and, you know – some brokers are informed. There's a lot of brokers that are uninformed out there. Believe me, a lot of brokers are salesmen and they don't understand you know, how these vehicles work as well. I would guarantee you there are some brokers out there that do not realize that the USO, they, that don't totally understand Contango. I guarantee you there's some brokers out there. But imagine just being... An uninformed investor calling maybe a potentially uninformed broker. A lot of your brokers are informed. So if brokers are listening. I'm not saying all brokers are uninformed. I'm saying there's a lot of stockbrokers out there, and there's probably some that don't understand Contango. And if you're an investor, an uninformed investor, and you're calling some, uh, one of your brokers who maybe doesn't understand totally how Contango works, and they say, I want to buy oil. How do I buy oil? The logic just says, oh, you can buy USO. Here you go. Just buy the USO. And that investment there, obviously overnight, if you were saying that yesterday, um, you're down 21% here overnight. So you're getting hit substantially because we know this isn't super contango right now. We've been talking, we've warned about the USO on this show for a decade, that there's much better ways to play oil. The role, there's always some contango there and a slow deterioration, whether it's 1% a month, this, you know, ridiculousness. What's the way out of this,
3: Dennis? What's the way out of this? I mean, is there? I mean, should they go to like quarterly expirations? I mean,
2: how does the USO restructure so they don't get keep hitting with super?
3: What about the crude futures contract?
2: Well, I don't know either. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that it trades negative. So I would say you've got you shouldn't be. First of all, it shouldn't be trading if people can't take physical delivery. So maybe they need to restructure that. Like maybe they need to stop it from trading after you can't take physical – the deadlines are gone by, then why the hell is it still trading? or no, can they a get, question for the CME. Can they no. get
1: rid of the, the part of the contract that requires physical delivery? Can they just cross you know cross? Uh, that I, I don't know.
2: I know you need to have physical delivery. I mean that's the whole point to it. Take speculation out of it altogether. I mean, the point is to bring the producer together with the person or the company that needs to buy the oil. So the refiner, um, you know, the tankers that are holding the oil and transporting it, you know, like that, that that's the whole point to the futures market really, you know, if you take speculation out of it. Speculation we know comes in and, and provides liquidity. And obviously that, you know, allows the producer and the refiner to get a better price because of the speculation that's involved. But really uh, you, you just think like, how you can't take physical delivery out of it. I mean, this is the whole point to it all. I'm saying the opposite, where once physical delivery is no longer possible, then maybe it shouldn't be trading after that point in time. If it's not physically, if it's not possible to to take physical delivery, um, you know, for, and obviously everyone can't show up with a thousand barrels of oil. So I get that there has to be a liquidation because you can't have, you know, grandma buying, you know, oil contract Now a thousand barrels shows up on her nursing home. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, you know, it's very interesting. And there's going to be some papers written about this day. And there's going to be a lot of other things going on. But all I can tell you is this morning, people are spooked not only, they're spooked in the June now, too. You can take physical delivery of the June. So it's not going, I don't believe the June is going to go negative here today. Some people think it's going to go negative. No, because the physical delivery aspect of it would stop it. I would hope it would stop it from doing that, but I don't know anything in this market. This yeah, market's it's crazy. after yesterday. So I'm never going to say anything after yesterday. I learned something yesterday. So, And a lot of people learned something yesterday. But the bottom line is we've talked with the USO on this show for since we started seven years ago, saying this is a poor way to play oil because of the contango. The contango is ridiculous right now and it's getting—you know—it's obviously wiping out investors a lot quicker. Uh, but if you look at whatever it is, page 12, they warn about in the prospectus, the USO is not their fault, they're, this is the way they're structured, they disclosed it, it's in the prospectus, they have to roll, you want exposure to oil, we'll buy the oil contracts, they have to roll it because they can't take physical delivery. USO doesn't want physical delivery, they just want to give investors exposure to the price of oil as closely as they possibly can. And that's why they didn't go too far. They're going to try to start going out a little bit further to try to reduce these contango effects. But it's still the structure of it that makes it hard, that gives you that huge tracking error. It costs a lot of money to store oil. There's no place to store it right now. And that's why USO is getting hit even harder. You want to play oil? I would say it's the oil stocks. Again, I don't even, I'm so turned off on oil here right now. I was turned off for the last two years. I'm even more turned off now uh, because it just... It, 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 uh, it's unbelievable that you can see a contract do that yeah and if, uh, if you're wondering if,
1: if you're wondering if there are is if, if there's like a max loss limit in USO there is not there is it says in the uh, prospectus there are no level of losses that will require uh, USCF to terminate
2: USO so so, just, so what does that mean that's a good question in itself like if they're owning the the short month and it goes negative that I, I would say they would have to liquidate. Like, how could you, because I don't believe I, an ETF can trade with a negative value. I've never heard of that before. I'd be absolutely shocked if USO could take, trade negative. I don't think it can. I don't. So how if it holds June and June starts going negative, then the value of it would be negative and there would be a liability there. So how does all that work? I mean, I don't think the June, I think they're going to roll before the physical delivery dates. I think they probably, you know, they're trying to roll even other than that, they've said two days ago they're going to start rolling out two months, trying to reduce these contango effects. But right, I would think at a certain time. point, if the WTI June went negative today, I would think the USO would have to start liquidating because they can't hold something that's negative. So I, I honestly don't. These are questions. These are fantastic questions. You know, for um, for for USO itself, maybe we can bring on um, somebody from the USO ETF to tell us exactly how this works because if. And I don't think June can trade negative again because it can take physical delivery. And I believe there would be obviously you know, refiners maybe stepping in and saying, hey, I'll pay negative for oil. You know. And I, but I don't know. These are, these are really good questions. We're just all talking. This is all food for thought here right now. I, I do not believe an ETF can trade negative though. Uh, I didn't know a WTI. I never really thought about it. But then you think logically about it. Yeah, it would have to. But do, can the USO trade negative? I don't believe it can. Uh, If I had told you on March 1st that uh, a few things
1: could happen, that oil could trade negative, that the economy would get shut down, that the Fed would launch unlimited QE, which of those things would surprise you the most? Because they're all pretty damn – Not
2: the unlimited QE. (laughs) All right, fine, fine, (laughs) fine. (laughs) The the economy shut down would probably surprise me the most, but I would have been surprised to see WTI may go red. And obviously, it's still trading here today, and you know it's come back it's only what minus five right now, the May. This is the last day it goes off the board today. So I'm just looking at the May USO, or the May WTI. I just saw it Go by on CNBC. So it looks like it's, red, it's it's come back somewhat from those losses. But the June is the issue here for the USO. They hold June, and it's a major issue here because June is getting smacked around. Where are we on the June WTI now, Joel?
3: Uh, down four ninety
2: at fifteen fifty, fifteen fifty two. That's scary. So and so we're down about twenty. So USO is going to track that very closely. So you know we're down what or how much percentage wise are we down on that? twenty four percent. And we're down twenty one percent on the USO, and USO might potentially hold. We're going out to two months, so I don't have the holdings in front of me. I know Christian, you tweeted it yesterday. Thank you so much, Christian Palmer, it's, for quickly finding that. Um, June. And I believe they might hold some July, which might talk with discrepancy why it's only down 21% and WTI is down more. But then you have the close, close in different times as well. So there's, there's a reason for that discrepancy, but you can see roughly, it's, it's roughly tracking the June WTI. So USO was not going to track the May WTI because they didn't hold any May WTI yesterday, but they do hold June and they hold a lot of it. So watch your June WTI is going to dictate where your USO is going today. Dr. J says they do hold some July as well.
1: I, I'm looking for that chart of when they start the rollover over um, because
2: that uh... somebody said they rolled two weeks ago, so they rolled quite a, they roll quite a ways ahead yeah. um, they, they don't want physical delivery right u s o the u s o holds like the most WTI contracts i believe out there out of any ETF out of any uh, they hold a ton of it, so they don't want physical delivery of that they have no place to store that, so they have to roll significantly ahead of time so that they don't risk a lot of oil showing up on their doorstep.
3: s <laughs> and uh, we got down to that 27.50 level. You guys remember that all from last week. Uh, the Actually, last week's low was 27.46. Haven't been able to get there yet. 27.50 is your pre-market low. And uh, boy, this was a, a, a big level last week. And now you just kind of think about Friday's rally in the market, Dennis. I mean, how many shorts, including myself, got, you know, got taken out on that, thrown into towel, and here we are, yeah. 30 handles below where we closed on Thursday.
2: And right? not only that, that rally was, and was it Wednesday night was the big rally? I'm trying to, remember, I'm losing Thursday. track of days here. I think It's it like was Groundhog Thursday, Day around here. Thursday Wednesday night. night or Thursday night was the big, when, when Gilead came out with the news, that was yes. the kicker. Was that Wednesday night or Thursday night?
3: I thought it was Thursday night.
2: Because I'm just looking at the charts, and we see 287 was back on Friday. So I think you're right. I think it was Thursday night that Gilead came out with the good news. Friday morning and Friday night, we were ripping on everything. Like, I was tweeting out that night. You had a lot of retail stocks of 20% Friday night. You had stocks like Kohl's that were trading up over $20. You know, and I obviously won't see it on the charts because they didn't trade that high. But I think Kohl's was kissing up to, like, 21. I mean, you come in here this morning, at 1650. So here you are two and a half days later and the stock's down 20%. This is the risk of buying the trash. The dash for trash worked for a day. But again, um, you're seeing these stocks get hit the hardest. And what my concern is, and what I am still concerned is, and I've been talking about this, is the banks. The banks are relatively weak. They didn't participate as much as the overall market on the recent rally. rally. And they are quickly, quickly coming back down um much quicker than the overall market you know obviously a lot of tech stocks stocks like amazon you know shopify which have just been unbelievable you know which is, just seems like irrational exuberance all over the place on some of those stocks i sold my shopify yesterday because i, I was literally just flabbergasted i love shopify i'm going to try to rebuy it but the stock has went up hundred percent in one two three four five six seven eight nine in about 10 days shopify has almost went up hundred percent from the lows 334 to yesterday got up to 644 so take 90 percent the stock is up in 10 trading sessions i feel like that's just irrational because once i sold it yesterday it's actually slightly above from where i sold it um so I'm pro- i i kind of regretted it right away because i love shopify it was just up so much so fast i was like look um i gotta take this this is a ridiculous gain um, in a very short time i think i will get it back but maybe i'm wrong these things go parabolic maybe it's gonna go like tesla i'm not shorting it I would love to get my Shopify back, but I just felt it was too, too much too fast. But you can see there's certain stocks that are just blasting off. But the same stocks, like the airlines, LUV, bring up this one, Joel. LUV has been sitting here at this 30 for, holy cow, better part, you know, bounces off. This 30 That's, support yeah. on LUV is just incredible. If this ever takes this out, it's going to be ugly. There's going to be some flushes. Um, maybe it's support, support until it's broken. But man, you sit down here on support for long enough, you almost think it's inevitable that it's eventually going to take it out. And you look at where the market is, and you look at where these airline stocks are, which you know got a very sweetheart deals on those uh, on you know their payrolls, obviously until September, um, with very little dilution on any of them, and they couldn't rally, they could not rally in it. So there is serious serious problems, obviously, with the airlines because they're flying so much below capacity. The tailwind for them is going to be, hey fuel prices are going to be a lot lower. So if we ever come back, if we ever start flying again and getting, you know, people confident enough to fly again, these airlines could be good investments because man, oil and gasoline prices are going to be a lot cheaper. Rocket fuel is going to be a lot cheaper for these airlines. So, you know, there's a, in the, the positive story here, but it's all about, you know, the short-term demand problem and how long does the short-term last? But, it,
1: but isn't the other side of that that the airlines are, are also like they own oil and are also some hedging, of them hedge. hedging with oil? So. LUV
2: is a big hedger. Some of them do hedge, um, some of them don't hedge as much. And they never go out. I don't if any airlines going out more than a year or two with the hedges. Um, you, you could Google that and probably find it out fairly quickly. Um, they do hedge um L-U-V, i believe just going from my memory and i'm not sure it's still that way but i always remember southwest was one of the big hedgers and then there's other ones that are more aggressive that aren't hedging as much but you see where fuel is and, and obviously gasoline prices go to your pumps it's going to be down significantly probably again with what's happened in crude um and you think man you know these airlines if we do ever you know come out of this if they survive and obviously you know they've had you know and, and obviously on CNBC I'm talking about the same thing they got some money to pay their payrolls for a bit but this is going to buy them time but we're still at a situation where we need to figure out how you know to get people back on the planes and until people are confident enough to fly again they're going to continue to burn cash and they will burn through the money that they recently got fairly quickly it's going to be burned through basically in payrolls so get some maybe to August or so maybe it's buys them a couple of months a few months But at a certain time, they're probably going to need money again, unless we all go back, we get a cure, and we all go back to the way they were. We get a cure, and these airlines will be the thing that are flying the most. So it comes out, we got this figured out, nobody's dying anymore, let's go. You will see the airlines will be the stocks that are up the most on that because they're not rally. That is their out. That is their, you know, trump card, call it, you know, no pun intended. But that is, you know, the wild card for the airlines. The, the bearish scenario is that we stay in lockdown for a prolonged period of time, that we reopen and people start getting reinfected, and we have to go back in lockdown and we have to wait for a vaccine, which could be a year or two away. And these airlines probably can't survive that long without taxpayer money. So that's the bull bear scenario. And where they go from here, it's like we don't know how this story ends. So it's interesting.
3: Yeah, to say the least here. Uh, nice little rally here off the low, though. We On are, LUB? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no! I'm just talking oh. about the S and P's. I didn't. Okay. We'll go back
2: about. to S and P's. Yeah. No, we hit
3: that 2750. That was a uh, a magical number last week, and uh, here we are bouncing once again. We'll see if we can get back into, uh, maybe get halfway back on the session. That seems like a long ways away. That's 2791.75. But who knows? This market uh, trying to hold up with crude down nearly five bucks, 24 percent.
2: Somebody asked right. me about Gilead in the chat and um, I sold most of my Gilead. I kept a little piece just for fun. Um, I did sell it. Actually I sold out in the pre-market that morning. I got over $85, which was a nice sale. I intend to rebuy the Gilead. I hope it pulls back into that bottom trend line if you were to draw that trend line i'm looking at the 70 you know and Joel can probably we can't draw we should figure out how to draw lines on the charts but if you bring up the daily i see see what what i'm talking about get down to 76 77 i'm gonna rebuy it all so i sold with the intentions of coming in here and rebuying because um i still like the stock and obviously the wild card of this 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 drug at least adam fierstein saying it looks pretty promising here so you get the pullback here I could come in here and rebuy and scalp four bucks here this morning, but I'm greedy and I probably want to hit at the lower part of that trend line. If I miss it, I miss it. So I'm always, I never like paying up. I should start paying up more maybe.
3: All right. Uh, let's see. We got what, Nick coming on in uh, five minutes. Four uh, minutes. Yeah. Four minutes. What, you, should we talk some earnings?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, we've had quite a few reports. The Big Blue reported last night. Yep, IBM's numbers
1: are out yesterday. Uh, the EPS and the uh, the revenue were, I guess, they were fine. The adjusted EPS beat the estimate, a buck 84 versus a buck 79. Sales 17.57 versus 17.62 billion dollars. They did also withdraw their guidance for the year. Uh, talked up uh, the cloud revenue, uh, cloud segment. On- call, they said the cloud revenue was up 19% on the year-over-year basis to $5.4 billion. Talking about obviously as a major growth area of the company and a major focus point for the new CEO, but uh, you know we knew that uh, net, net income would decline, earnings would decline, that happened, uh, but not much more to say here for IBM.
3: All right, let's just take a look at it on the uh, on the daily as well as the uh, – we're trading lower. Got a little bit of a pop here, traded down 476. I mean, you did get the pop, but now the drop, let me uh, zero in on the pre-market low. Um, You could also figure, you know, if you have to own IBM, maybe figure half of this move off your March low. I don't know if that uh, bottom on the same day. Uh, You got a little bit of a a rounding bottom here. It looks like you did find some buyers. Uh, Your pre-market low, it looks like it's in, is it in a 114 or is it the 113 handle? Uh, Boom. I see 114 even. Ah, yep. 114 even, keep an eye on that for longs or for continued follow through on the downside. That's really not even near 50%. So it's given some back yet, but uh, finding buyers at 114. It's held
2: up. One thing, the CEO was on Mad Money last night, I believe it was the CEO. At least it was still representative from IBM. I think it was the CEO. Yeah, it was the new CEO. Um, and he was confident in the dividend. 5.6%, they basically were saying there's no intentions of cutting the dividend here. And there's a lot of people who are in IBM for the dividend. So the cash flows are still probably fine at a stock like IBM. I mean, short-term cash flows, everybody is hurting, obviously, but they're still feeling confident in that. And that was another reason why, um, you know, maybe the stock holds up better because it does have that dividend protection of 5.6%. I think you get down in the lower 110, 112, 113 area. I think you got underneath the man here. So I would not be surprised if this holds up. Again, it all depends on the overall market, though. When you're buying a stock right now like IBM, you're basically buying the S&P. S&Ps start to roll over and get ugly here. Um, everything's going to start to roll over. We don't know. Right now, the S&Ps are somewhat worried about this whole oil situation. So they're not only worried now about COVID, the oil is a whole new worry again. So we're not selling off today, I believe, on COVID concerns. Oh, we're no. selling off because of this WTI fallout here still and worrying about the banks' exposures. We're worrying about a lot of an, an, a whole new worry here again. We talked about oil being a worry a few weeks ago. Well, it's right back on the table here And obviously people getting burned, you know, and things like the USO getting turned off of maybe stocks just for a day or two as well. Question is, you buy the pullback here now. I mean, now we got a little pullback to buy. Uh, I'm sent with 65% cash. I'd buy my Gilead if it pulled back a little bit more. I'd rebuy that. Is there anything? Oh, you know what? Other stock too.
3: Which one? Square?
2: No, I got another one. And we only got a minute here. Uh, My buddy, Mike... He's talking about this one. I'm not sure if we mentioned on the show, but he talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And props to Mike. He was talking about FLIR systems, F-L-I-R. And oh, my, f- Yeah, because they do the infrared cameras. So, you know, talk about thermal imaging. That's what, you know, they, they specialize in. And we, they had an Amazon, rumors of an Amazon order or something, or Amazon going to use Flir systems um, to do infrared. And I mean, if we're going to be opening back up, we're going to need to scan people and look, obviously, who's sick or not. These thermal imaging cameras could, could get hot. It got hot yesterday, continues to be hot here today. I know Mike, uh, I believe he bought the stock. So congratulations on that. I don't own it. But on a pullback here, this thing, this thing could get hot. This is a story, could be a story. It hasn't really gotten much media coverage here yet. This actually, I could see this getting hot. Well, FLIR, I'm
1: talking. Hot yesterday, so.
2: Very, very hot. So yeah, so it's already yeah. starting to get hot. It's, it's continuing it's, it's to be it's hot. Already, but, yeah. but we've seen some of these stories just get silly. You know, is this one, you know, what's the market? This is a big company. So can this just get silly as well? It's not like it's a speculative stock. I mean, the market cap will grab it quickly on FLIR. And they do other things as well. Uh, but, I'm just looking quickly at the market cap because it gives you a feel for what I can do. Five billion, it can move. A $5 billion company can move. And we saw it move significantly yesterday and we're seeing it here again today. Again, the catalyst for yesterday, at least on Twitter when I was looking quickly, was it appears that, you know, something with Amazon using uh, Flour Systems technologies to potentially scan for COVID. So this is a pure, this could be a play on COVID here. New COVID play. Uh, A newer one that hasn't been talked about and about economy reopening. I could see the stock getting hot. I would be a buy. I I would. I'm probably going to try to buy it on pullbacks. I want. Ch- I hate cheese. You know me. Third stock was thirty five dollars being in yesterday. Now it's forty two here. I'm like, oh, seven bucks. You know, it's up twenty percent in two days. I'll wait for a pullback. But you know what? Those pullbacks sometimes come. So um, this is what this is an interesting play. I have no position right now, but I'm interested. All right,
1: eight thirty-six. Let's bring on our guest, Nick Shaheen. He's the author of "Create Income with the Option Spreads." Joins us every other Tuesday. I wonder if he'll be on camera today,
2: Nick. Good morning. No, no. Nick, give us a
4: camera. <laughs> I thought about putting a full get-up with mask, but I just ran out of time. Oh, that would have been good. I I, I wanted to seriously. see a
2: swimming pool full of oil. Yeah,
4: well, <laughs> you're the one with the swimming pool. <laughs> I live in a I I live in a regular folk home. <laughs> i don't live in a palace i live in oh, california palace. dude
2: <laughs> my, my palace isn't gonna look so nice when that swimming pool is full of oil i'll tell you that nick Yeah, the but kids I'll, like you said the kids are not gonna be pleased with that one <laughs> i'm gonna be rich man i'm gonna be rich <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take delivery of all this oil at minus 35 dollars a barrel and sell I, it in june at 20 I, make 55 dollars the kids I also can hear. swim in oil for a month can't they
4: I'm, that's what I'm going to say. I can probably sell subscriptions to like dip yourself in oil for expo- exfoliating services. Yeah. And, I, and can,
2: we can make another business model. Man, Nick, we, we're thinking here now. Yeah. So not only will we make it, well, we'll you know, dip yourself so, so in oil what, and you'll feel better.
4: What's going on with Apple? $278 from what? It's not like a late settle or anything. It's actually up at 278 That's like a $6 move in seconds. What, which stock? Apple.
2: Oh, just taking off here. It's back to flat scratcher right now. Yeah, oh, but they it, was, us the news. it was
4: it was spiked from 271 out of nowhere. So, so anyway. yeah, a
2: spike one, a minute. Okay, so this is from the pro. Yeah, report. They, had a bun- they had a bunch of PRs
1: out this morning. They had one highlighting that the services are now available in more countries around the world,
2: oh, okay. more emerging markets. So uh, you got this nice reporting. pro headline at 827. Yeah, Zynga pro shameless pump here for the pro. It just boggles my mind
1: that people still trade this stuff. Okay. I, I love train headlines. Apple shares
2: up 1.5% amid Nikkei report, company aiming to increase iPhone output by 4% through March. That's <laughs> cool. So it looks not, like not Apple. one of those
4: not one of those phones is G, uh, 5G. By the way, <laughs> 5G. So, we
2: haven't talked 5G in a while. Okay,
4: so I did a video on Apple recently, okay. and in it, I said I went to Google and I typed 5G phones and I hit enter. Nothing from Apple. Nowhere on the page. You can do it yourself you won't get one phone from Apple and somebody says they're probably on your show. Oh, come on, Nick, who cares about 5g? And I was like, what on what planet do you live? My friend, everything I hear is 5g, this 5g, that every yeah. ad from Verizon, every ad from T-Mobile is 5g. So unless Apple is holding its 5g headlines under the armpit, I think they're going to be on the back, on the, you know, on their heels next year uh, with this 5g miss out thing.
1: Um, I don't know. It's 5g good or bad. I keep hearing it's the cause of all our problems.
4: What do you mean? Cost of I, I, oh, I, I,
1: I keep hearing it's the cause of, of the coronavirus. I keep hearing five G is five uh, G caused COVID. What you need, <laughs> now we're starting bad. Rumors. You heard you it need, here
2: first. Now we're no, starting no, bad. No, no, I'm no, gonna no, say no. that was a Spencer need, Israel rumor, not a Dennis Dick rumor.
1: You need to uh, keep up on your conspiracy <laughs>
2: theories, my friend. Oh,
4: okay. So uh, uh, you read the fly or whatever that's called, the the bug, the whatever that. Anyway, you like need a, to. See,
2: i see the protests too like isn't COVID just all a conspiracy that really people there's nobody dying the government just made all this up to uh, control us i don't know <laughs> Do you see that all the protests <laughs> this is fake yeah, <laughs> there's so really nobody dying guys this is well, all just made up because go. the government wants to control us there's people that believe this so if we use the 5g phone we get covid is that the prevailing thesis? or is That's it- where COVID came from. That's what we're starting. The rumor we're starting here today on Benzinga's pre-market prop. Then I'm safe.
1: No, no. We are not starting this. <laughs> this, is, this, is is this is out there. This is out there. This is out there. I, I don't I'm, – I'm just saying it's out there. Moving. Talk on to, to me start. about
4: 5G plays, Nick. I, I don't know. Um, I just uh, – I'm not an expert on 5G. I'll just trade the charts. And uh, I haven't – I did not f- – I don't like to be early on these moves because I bought the first 3G phone uh, from uh, Sprint and it was bunk because. uh, What year was that?
2: What year was 3G? It
4: was the Evo, the Evo whatever. Um, I forgot the brand, and and it was. I ran to it and I bought two, one for me, one for my wife, and they promised us the new speeds, and then. Everybody else got it before my city got it. So the phone died and I never got to use the new speed. So I never chased that uh, headline again. Uh, so when it comes, fine, I'll switch to it. Until then, I'll stick with my whatever G phone I have now. And um, 4G uh, but, probably. Yeah, 4. Uh, but you know, for me, I, I, looked, I used one gigabyte all of last year because I'm always around Wi-Fi. So I'm definitely not a
2: client for 5G because I don't need it. I'm always around Wi-Fi. So, so if you want on the, the 5G, hand. if uh, INSG is one that Matt Kolb has given us, we've talked about this on this show for the better part of a year here now. Um, this is a smaller 5G play and the stock is really blasted off. I mean, look what is at it? INSG and Seagull. Oh, Cole, Cole N- from has been all over this i think yeah. everybody in the office because cole's been researching this and everybody's has yeah. <laughs> had a piece of this insg at one time or another we've talked about this on the show yeah, the still, last uh, couple of years yeah. i still so do it's, but
1: it was definitely nick, a missed
2: opportunity there for me
1: nick i would also mention uh, i would bring your attention to uh uh, FIVG, the 5G ETF that I, that I, I own that as well, but. I, oh, um, oh,
4: well that's an easy uh, way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, yeah. this is not an entry point into it. Technically speaking, clearly I'm not up to speed. So it's running into resistance at 25 and there's a big ledge uh, for at 25, 40, 25, from uh, March, early March. So I wouldn't start it here. Um, this whole area is a point of control as far as volume is concerned. So it lost footing and it's trying to regain its footing. So I would buy it on a dip towards 23, 23.20 would make a better entry point. And then you would want it to just trace out the neckline to attack at 24.50 or 60 again and beat it. And then it shoots to 27 or higher. But um, you know, it might have a little swoon in it. I don't know what it's doing today. I'm just speaking of as of yesterday's close.
1: Yeah. If you ever need a hot ETF tip. Or an yeah. idea, or or you don't know if an ETF exists, holler, at because I that's I look at a lot of ETFs. Okay, so uh, aside from 5G, uh, what else you got on your radar here, Nick?
4: Uh, Shorted sure chop yesterday. I noticed that you sold yours, Dennis. Uh, because I,
2: I did. I sold. I've been in this for a while. Yeah. And it just felt ridiculous. I love Shopify. So full disclosure, me too. I still love I was the long fundamentals. And I closed long early. Just, just too just too far. I finally sold it yesterday. I was like, yeah. I want to sell it the day before and I was like, okay, this is just feels like it's getting ridiculous now. Yeah. So I logged <laughs> in. Me. I I may I'm up, <laughs> like I, I'm up a hundred I was up hundred and thirty percent after, you know, yeah. being only up about twenty five percent of two weeks ago. So yeah. I'm like, okay, it's time to book buck the gain here so I'm fully out of shop I do, I want to get it back though I just feel like it's like gone too far now
4: yeah so at Shopify we went long on, on based on triggers uh, technical triggers and uh, I, I did it really easily just a an in the money a debit call spread and more than doubled and I closed before the last week uh, you know a day before its peak let's put it this way and yesterday uh, I tried to short it on Friday. Luckily, didn't fill. Shorted it yesterday with a simple debit put spread, ten dollars wide. And I'm writing this one just because I want to get long again, but I want to dip
2: uh, into the neckline from which you broke out. So, wait, wait, what price would that be? Because that's so I'm, I'm hoping for the order. low
4: five hundreds. I want to put
2: my buy order a penny above yours.
4: <laughs> so I tell you, I bought. I I, I was shooting for the low five hundreds. So I yeah. did a ten dollar uh, wide debit spread that is five fifteen area and then uh, but ideally if it comes down to 475 460 that'd be great but I don't know if we get so lucky 475 was a big neckline uh, technically speaking so maybe it comes back towards it and I won't write it all the way down I'm not shorting it on principle I think the CTO said that they're having Black Friday like uh, volume every day who I mean I don't want to short that
2: yeah it's it's a it's a storied stock here too. I mean, Amazon, Shopify. Um, I, I didn't really see Shopify as a COVID play, but obviously, it sounds like their volumes are up. they been online. You know, they they provide online shopping services for so many different businesses. I think so they're
4: it, providing <laughs> online loans. I mean, they're, they're providing loans against sales, so they have their own bailout program going on.
2: In any regard, love the company. I sold it for the only reason I thought it was overdone. I think I'm going to get it back cheaper. So trying to scalp my investment basically to in Shopify, That's a which maybe move. is a mistake. No, I don't think so. I, ho- I hope not. I hope I can get it back. I hope I get it back and I don't miss it. But if I do miss it, well, 100% gain in a week and a half. doesn't. Where is back. it this morning? I haven't checked. It's up again. <laughs> it <just doesn't, laughs> no, you got the market going down. No, it's not. Five hundred. It's up. I'm not. It's up, I'm another, six I'm looking it's at up another six bucks. It's up another six bucks. Okay. So I see. The market here is pulling down, down five eighty eight. Uh, oh, okay. Price. Oh no. So, so it shorted, only goes up six points on down days, but it goes up on fifty points on up days. This is the exact stock I shouldn't have been selling. <laughs> so I shorted Roku as well, uh, but again with a lottery
4: ticket. And it's the, up uh, too. B- but that, that doesn't matter. I'm, I, it was a scratch money, and um, I, it's a play against Netflix earnings. So Netflix was triggered, and I said it was going to four thirty as soon as it triggered, and it ran to four thirty and done some. So that played trade out. I can't go long Netflix into earnings because it's a coin flip. But I cannot believe they're going to miss their numbers if they are. Then it's a problem. So, uh, you know, they've had everything going their way. Everybody's streaming everything. Everybody's stuck at home. So if they're not doing well here, um, I don't know what uh, we're looking for. Are we still looking for new subscribers uh, overseas or not? Uh, I'm not sure. So it's kind of a weird. This is the weirdest earnings season ever on record, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, talk about coin. somebody asked in your chat room, "What do you think about Netflix and two earnings?" It's like, flip your coin. I don't know. So you can
2: flip your coin even Nick after the earnings report. I mean, exactly. it comes out, and you yeah. don't even know. Like, well, I don't even know. Like, I, I trade the earnings reports, and I have not been trading any earnings reports here because it's was like, yeah. "Oh, they beat," but what so does Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to interpret it.
4: Yeah. So Netflix, um, um, four thirty was leg one, and four eighty was leg two um, on a different time frame. So now it's going to be either uh, you know 400 to retest the neckline from which it went uh, 380 to 400, or finish the job at 480, and I think it's going to move with it um, the cohort, maybe Disney, maybe Roku, um, even just Momo's, you know, Momo stock that move with other Momo stocks.
3: Nick, we didn't get your thoughts on oil here. What mm-hmm. a what an ugly day.
4: I, I, I went long. Um, I please don't
1: say the USO.
4: Yeah, I did. So okay. it was a credit put spread at the money. It's a 50-50 well, bet. Yeah. So that's it. I don't get this uh, you know, negative oil price. The only thing I can picture is when I had a business um, and I wanted to shut it down and I had like a few days left on the lease, I had furniture and I called the guy to say, hey, I can sell you office furniture for cheap. He goes, how about I only charge you two grand to take it out? So <laughs> that's the same deal where somebody's in a trade and they have to take delivery of the oil or probably settle for a panic out price. I don't get this negative price. So let's, let's get that. Con- is the contract off the board? Are we into the uh, June? Today, May goes off the okay. board today. So they're hitting
2: June today and it's ugly. Right,
4: right, well, they're hitting June because the, the idea is June is going to go by way of uh, um, May. So yep. we, we're going to have the same negative 400% next in, in, in a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to take the other side of that quote bet. So I sold a credit plus red at the money at $4 and we'll see what happens. So I, co- I collected 25 cents. I can make 25 cents. My
2: maximum. Yeah, so you're even money. Like it's that. like going to the real ou- or going. And exactly. It's a bet. I don't know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted binary, to do so. binary
2: outcome there for you. Yeah.
4: It was a, it was a flip, flip the finger against the, the freaking headline. Oil down 400%. Mm, let me do the math. I don't, I don't, don't think know. anybody
2: <laughs> knows where oil's going to go here yeah, day to
4: day uh, now. That, that is my point. <laughs> so, I know I'm going to need oil once I'm allowed to drive again. Are you? Sure. And I know one thing, too. As these places start reopening, you remember how Thou- Southwest used to load up? You know, everybody's sitting in their seat comfortable until this one guy stands up in line. Everybody rushes to the line. They want to be next. So, uh, you know, Germany first. Other other countries are going to follow. This is death. This is literally, you know, human death is tragic. This is like death by bunga bunga. I mean, we don't even know how bad these things are out there. You know, the SVX should be below 2000. That's my opinion. Way below 2000.
2: So, you're still, so let's go to the overall market here because it's a good conversation. I mean, we have held up here right around the 50% retracement. we has been the battleground. I know we're through it a little bit, but really here for about a week and a half, we've been battling around the 50% retracement, the overall move on SPY. And what I'm talking about is from 338 down to 220 and then back, and I think Joel calculated exactly at 279 would be the 50% retracement. 20, so, uh,
3: 2786.
2: Or, so so we've been kicking around that area here for about a week and a half. Are we failing around this 50% retracement? Um, Do you think we eventually get, you know, uh, a significant sell off from this point in time or, you know, are we just going to shrug it off and continue back on our merry road to all time highs?
4: Well, I have just posted a naked chart, meaning no lines, just uh, volume profile. And it's a a natural resistance spot, regardless of the chart, regardless of the news flow. If you show me a chart like this, you say, do you go long? I'll say, no, I'll wait for a swoon down to at least, uh, you know, 2600. halfway through 2600 for them to reload and take out the recent high and by the way I had 2880 as a target uh, for from from a few weeks ago and they went to 2885 I said there at the time I said there's a dueling scenario either 22 or 2880 and then we triggered the 2880 and that's what we traded and I said up here I book my profits I'll line up a few shorts uh, just bearish bets not like anything massive. And then I'll wait for the price action. And And somebody asked me in the chat room today, what do you think? Uh, why are we falling? I said, do you care why? I told you yesterday, if this happens, this is the line it's going to draw. And it drew it exactly. And I shared it earlier in the chat room before I came on the show. You can look it up. Uh, so it's not a surprise. And the charts can help you make sense of this. Last evening in the chat room, I said, I see 1172. Two in the RTY. And this morning it was 1171. And we were at 1215 at the time or 1220. So the charts do help. The news is crazy, but I don't, I turned off my news. I said that yesterday on Twitter. This is bullshit. Excuse me. But I hear, I, I hear every freaking new case in any country in the world. I don't care. I really don't care. I've got cases around me. I've got enough news about this. We know it.
2: Everybody's yeah. getting sick. Yeah. I don't need to hear every new... I, I'm completely sick of it, too. Same thing. I'm actually sick of it, too, Nick. Um, just, and I've done the same thing. as like, I... I, I read very little. I, I watch some of the press conferences on Trump just because of trading opportunities. Okay. But once my trade, like on the weekend, yeah. with, when I don't need to read headlines because I'm a headline trader, I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to need the COVID talk.
4: Yeah, I don't blame you. It's like no, it's too more. much. I mean, it's if, overload. If that's what you listen to all day, every day, it's like, driving you nuts. nuts. They'll just drive you nuts. It'd so nuts. so to answer your question on uh, on the ES, so if I go to the daily chart, which I really I rarely make decisions on the daily chart, it's very easy to see that 2706 area of, let's call it 2700 round number, is a place where uh, it's visibly um, a contention place. You can see there was a candle bottom on uh, March 10th and a really bad top uh, on the 13th, and then another uh, battle over it uh, a few, I don't know, April 8th on, and here we are back to it and to the area. So... If I were to guess a place where they want to try to stabilize, I'd be one place. And if they lose that, the other place that sticks out is 2640. And these are just big round numbers. But these are easy. Like if I stand back at the chart and I'll say, okay, I want to try to catch the dip. I'll try here.
2: But if they lose this bottom here. Uh,
3: uh, Do you got a halt on USO? Yeah,
2: Dr. J in the chat. It is. It is halted. It's going to zero. USO has (laughs) halted for news. I, I think they want to clarify a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, is, they're gonna
4: say tomorrow we're gonna open up six hundred and sixty-five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nick's this, hoping. I mean, uh, I'm, I was. They cl- the market wants clarification on how exactly they you know are operating. We know they rolled, but what do they do in the event? Yeah. What do they do in the event? That you know the June contract goes negative, how are they handling that? I think the market wants probably the regulators may even want clarification on yeah. some of the stuff. Questions we were asking this morning that we don't exactly know the answer to, oh. and I hope the USO knows the answer to.
4: Yeah, that's why I said you know somebody said how are you doing this? I said, you know I'm not selling naked puts, but uh, you know f- twenty five cents I'll take that bet. I mean it's twenty five cents. Yeah. Two hundred fifty dollars on ten.
3: Reverse split. I think that was something
1: that I talked about.
4: Oh no, don't do that on me. I hate doing that. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well how else are they gonna get the price higher? <laughs> Also, uh, fundam-
4: F- fundamentals.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah,
3: the fundamentals aren't working. Uh, crude's back at fifteen dollars, down twenty six percent, trying to stay in the fifteen handle. Uh, Eleven seventy nine was your low uh, for you guys that are looking for a revisit of the low. That was a quick spike down, and uh, geez, man, that was uh, it was a quarter to six this morning when you had that. So that spike down. Not sure if we're going to get back there uh, again
2: well, today. What's the low on the USO today, then? Because if I was at a quarter to six this morning on crude, then that would have actually been reflecting in the USO price. What's the USO low?
1: $2.23. Holy
2: macro. So USO was cut in half at one point in time today, almost down 40%. There this goes incredible monies. world we live in.
4: There goes my monies.
2: well, like a binary bet, like you said, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's these people who are flat out buying just the USO and then you know saying, Oh, well, oil can't keep going down. I'm just gonna, there's people that say, Oh, oil can't, going, can't keep going down. I'll just buy the USO and eventually know it's coming back. I'm like, yeah.
1: You know, we don't know I, anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, the fundamentals are so confusing to a lot of people,
4: but if, if you want to think macro. This is a complete disaster that we've never had before. I know there was a depression era, but let's talk modern history. They keep comparing it to the 08. This is completely different, so it's unfair. Uh, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen this before, and I think uh, the the leaders are freaking out because the you know I'm going to tell you one thing: uh, the unemployment picture is going to get really ugly for a really long time because of the bailout efforts. Uh, I learned that. I have friends from the gym who make very little money and let's say their paycheck is $200. And now was going to be $800 a week, a week because the government, the, the states are pitching in an extra 600 for every person that files for unemployment regardless of how much they make yeah. a week. So that this person doesn't want to go back to work because they're making three times as much. That's crazy. For, for four months, three or four months. Double-check that fact for the length of time. But I know the paychecks are $600 a week higher than they expected. They got a check, and if they were expecting 300 it's now 900 and they got 1200 retroactive two paychecks from before.
1: All right. I think that's a good place to wrap up. We've got a couple minutes left today. Nick Shaheen, author of Creating Income with Options. For Thank you for the time. opportunity. Nick. This was fun. Stay safe. Yep. All right. Later. All right. A uh, couple minutes left. I get to beyond Meat quickly just because it's up sure. last last i checked 10 percent uh this thing this is the stock that never stops giving apparently uh so there was a headline out this morning that they had partnered with starbucks for their uh expansion into china and so uh that they're offering three beyond beef uh items uh in mainland china across the three thousand a uh, 300 Starbucks location. So that is the reason for your pop here in Beyond Meat this morning. It's I still wanna...
2: got the story cooking. I mean, a story yeah. matters more than fundamentals always. The valuation has never made any sense. You know, We've had Mark Yusko on the show, and he was obviously involved in this thing before it was public. And, you know, he waited until he could sell, and then he was selling hand over fist. Because the valuation never made sense. Um, but the story, all that matters is the story. And the story is still intact. There's still... The vegan story is still there. Um, This obviously, every time it gets a contract, is it justified that it should be up 10% or 12% because they're going to be in a couple of Starbucks? No, it makes no sense at all. But it doesn't matter. It's a story. And you still have people who are, you know, playing this on a fundamental basis that get squeezed every time there's, you know, something good happening. Um, Obviously, people, you know, back in March thought, okay, well, finally, it's coming to roost. Then it gets down to $48. Well, you know what? It's back again. So, um, it's a hard stock to just stay short because they keep coming up with new contracts and they're going to rally them every time, 11%, every time they get a deal with somebody, it could be a lot more deals to be had. So hard to play that short when the market's, you know, that irrational about something. So, um, it's not going to go in my long-term investment portfolio, but, as a trade, it's it's still, you know, can you short an 11% pops? Sometimes it pops. Selling the rips and buying the dips has been working in a lot of stocks. So I'm not chasing, I'm not buying something up 11% today Would I make a trade on it. Again, when you're trying to just call it, this is the point where it's going to reverse, it's, it's a tough game.
3: Yeah, you did get a spike up to 93.21, and that's been snuffed out here. Looks like uh, sellers were lining up just over $90.00. They're coming down. I I mean, this one, I mean, it better get up off its mat. And well, it's already up nine bucks, but I'm just talking, get up there over 90, hold 90. And then, uh, Prodax, take a look at the pre-market high. If you start to go into reverse, and I've seen this on days before, when like when they announced their deal with McDonald's, the top of yesterday's range is not until seventy-eight bucks. So I'm sure you can find some intermediate levels in between there, uh, but definitely some profit taking here. Asset P's just breached twenty-seven fifty briefly, and uh, went to twenty-seven forty-seven point seven five and uh, trying to rally out of this area that was all too familiar from last week.
1: All right. uh, We didn't get to Lockheed Martin. They beat this morning. Coca-Cola, they beat this morning. As far as earnings after the close, we're going to hear from Chipotle, Snap, Texas Instruments, Netflix, Chubb, Uh, I think I got the main ones there. Netflix Uh, is going
2: to be the story. It is obviously priced to a little bit of perfection. It's had a hell of a run. But again, the story is perfectly intact here still until we get to a situation where everybody's coming out of lockdown. And when we start opening up and, you know, it looks like we're past the COVID, um, you know, this could be a situation where money could eventually start flowing out of this. But I mean, the story is still hot. People are, you know, I'm watching that Tiger King, that Tiger King show. I, was, I only watched the first episode, but I was like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody's sitting at home watching their Netflix right now. The story is perfectly intact, so hard to be what did you watch? talk like that. Tiger King. Yeah, have you watched uh, it yet? Go watch it.
1: Nah, I don't like it.
2: Spencer, how far are you into the Tiger King?
1: Oh, I've, I've been done.
2: Oh, you're uh, done? You, you just, yeah. just pounded that out boom yeah, boom boom i, boom.
1: I, I, I had the kids I mean,
2: so i only mad. get like that one hour of freedom every night so <laughs> sure. trading and kids when they go to sleep at 8 30 i'm exhausted by 9 30 so i have like one hour from 8 30 to 9 30 to watch maybe something and we pounded out ozark fairly quickly me and my wife and she's actually watched the first two episodes of tiger king she wants me to catch up so we can start watching it there together but it's pretty good i was impressed with the tiger king yeah, a weird show
1: for a weird time. All right, that'll be- Maybe because I have today. a Mark's mom
2: that's a cat lover too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know.
1: Um, uh, you can catch any part of this show, the replay, uh, our full archives on YouTube, on our podcast, on whatever podcast platform you, you prefer. Thanks to our guest today, Nick Sheehan. Thanks to everyone in our chat, both on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Tomorrow's guest will be uh, David Trainer. He's the founder and CEO of New Constructs. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40. In the meantime, please remember all the information from this broadcast is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Uh, We'll see you at 3.40. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your day, and wherever you are, be safe.